Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. In the house, I didn't know was going to be here. Pastor Dustin and his beautiful daughter Meg are here from our home church, Colorado Springs, snuck in on me. I was walking out the prayer room and saw him, and I thought I saw a ghost. I'm like, he can't be here in Texas. It was a good surprise. If you don't know, if anybody doesn't know the story, you've probably heard me many, many times over the years. He's the reason that I'm in this fellowship. Me and him met on the basketball court 20-something years ago, and he uh, told Pastor Jones about what we were doing down there, and, and the rest is history. Amen? So we, we go way back and, and uh, thankful for that friendship and thankful for meeting him so I could find this awesome fellowship that we're a part of. How many glad we're a part of this fellowship of churches tonight? Amen? That's doing something powerful around the world. Well, how many enjoyed Sunday's message? Did anybody get anything out of it? Just let me see at least one person. Okay, amen. Covenant of marriage. So I'm not going to preach on that tonight, but I do want to piggyback a thought from it. And I want to say something that happens sometimes when you preach two messages that's very frustrating. As a preacher, you have things in your messages, and anybody that's, we've got several preachers in this place tonight know there's certain parts of the message that are so important, and you don't want to miss them, and you have them underlined and stuff, and I said something in the first service that's going to lead into tonight that I did not say in the second service, so obviously those that were in the first service got it, but the people that watched it online, and we asked all of our churches to watch it, and and uh, was a very important part is when after... And maybe I did say it. You'll find out tonight. I don't think I did. But you remember when uh, they, Adam and Eve messed up and they sinned? And I was talking about how the man has the greater responsibility in the marriage. And that when, what I didn't say, I don't think, in the second service was very vital, is that when God came back and asked about what happened, he did not go to Adam and Eve. Some of you might remember that in the first service, but in the second one, I failed to say it. It's a very important part. So... He said to Adam, he did not say, where have y'all been, as we would say in Texas. He said, Adam, where have you been? Adam, what did you do? And he, he uh, did not ask anything about what Eve did. And so the part of that that I want us to understand is, first, I want to make sure that you understand that, is that the man has the responsibility to lead his family and lead his wife and lead his kids but when you talk about responsibility, that doesn't let a wife or kids or anybody else off of the hook. Because we all have a responsibility tonight to this book right here. And I want to talk about the Word of God, and I want to talk about how often we saw in the Scriptures there with Adam and Eve that the, the Word of God is attacked the authority of the word of God is attacked. And I sent that text out today and I said, if you want to be 100% victorious in your life, that's a pretty good number. How many like 100%? If you want to be 100% victorious in your life, come tonight and find out how. And I'm going to tell you how. And it is understanding, if you don't get anything else out of this message, write this down, that God's word is our authority. Okay? God's word is our authority. It's not a authority, it's the authority. It's not something that sounds good. It's not something that has helped me a little bit. It's not something I look at every once in a while. And, and to be 100% victorious in your walk with God, you have to understand that the Bible is the final authority on everything in our lives. 
Can I get a better amen? That's, that's how you do it. And so we're going to talk about how in the scriptures we see that the devil attacks that, okay? So we're all responsibility for what, responsible for what we do with the word of God. I always tell you guys, the more you come to church, the more responsible you are for your walk. The more you learn, the more you have to be held accountable for what you're doing with it. So uh, I want to just see a hand of how many want to be 100% victorious in this place tonight. Amen? Uh, that's kind of a trick question because I think we all do. And we can. But we have to understand that this is a very, very vital part is understanding that this is the infallible. I've got the word infallible. Maybe you don't know what that means. What, me, what it means is it can't mess up. It can't be wrong. It's never wrong. The Bible's always right. Amen? So we're going to start off in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and get a little foundation for this. And I'm going to show you what, how the devil works, kind of basing off of, Sunday's, off of Sunday's message. Let's pray. Father, anoint your word tonight. Open up our hearts on this Wednesday night to be discipled, to learn how important it is to have the Bible as the authority of God in our lives. And, Lord, that you would teach us tonight that we can be victorious in every area of our lives, in our finances, in our marriages, in our families, in every area, if we understand that your word is the answer for every question. And it is the, the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path. We bind every spirit of the enemy that comes against your word tonight, and we declare fruit from this message in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. So all we see here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says all scripture. Somebody say all scripture. That means everything. Every word. Every dot. Every dot on an I. Every T that's crossed. Every comma that's in there. Every word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the key here is understanding that if I've got a question about life, the Bible has the answer. If there's a way I should have a marriage, there's a, the Bible has an answer. If there's a way I should run my business, the Bible has an answer. If there's things I shouldn't, shouldn't do, the Bible has the answer. Everything that you can possibly ask, how many know we go look everywhere? We ask, we talk, and there's nothing wrong with learning from people, but the ultimate authority is the Bible. And I want you to see tonight that coming off of Sunday, the devil knows that. How many know the devil attacks what he knows is powerful? We talked about that even on Sunday with power couples, with, with people, couples that are attacked in their marriages. It's because the devil knows that that couple, if they'll get aligned with the word of God, will affect lives. That's why he attacks the marriage, and he attacks the father more than anybody, and he attacks the institution of marriage so that there's a, not a strong family in the church. That's why we see what's going on in the world today. How many know that there are rights and wrongs? There are solid things. It's not whatever I think or whatever I feel or whatever I say or however I woke up today. There's truth, and that truth is perfect, and it is God's word. And so he says, it's all given of God so that you can have every answer for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. Here's my thought, though. I want to put the title up. This is what I want you to focus on. Here's what the devil does. Here's what even we do sometimes. Did God really say that? That's the thought I want you to think about tonight. Did God really say that? That's the question, okay? Now, we saw this on Sunday. 
And this is what I wanted to piggyback off. So again, this isn't about marriage. This is about the question of what the devil did to Adam and Eve. And we did talk about how he, he reversed the roles and he went after Eve so that she would become the decision maker and Adam would become the follower. And whenever things are out of order, that's where confusion is. The Bible says God is not the author of confusion. Whenever there's confusion in your family, in your marriage, in your business, in your workplace, in your life, it's because something's out of order. When things get out of order, bad things happen. When things are in order, blessings come. Okay, and we see that all throughout the scriptures. So Satan is going to come, and he, if he knows that the word of God is the final authority for our lives, he's going to attack it. He's going to question it. He's going to ask, is that really what it says? Is that really what that word means? Did God really say that? Amen? And so he's going to, and he's done this, as we're going to see in Genesis, since the very beginning. He, he did it before he even came down and was thrown out of heaven. He said, did God really say he was, he was, he was God? Is God really God? Didn't Satan question God's authority in heaven? The reason he got cast out and the reason one-third of the angels followed him is because he, he, he got one-third of the angels to question, did God really say that? And the thing I always tell people, and I like to remind myself, is if, is if the devil could, could get one-third of the angels to follow him, what does, how does, that, what does that mean for us? If he can fool them, if he can deceive them, if he can lie to them, he can lie to us. Because they were standing in the present. You know, you know, you think about something that's impossible. How many would think that that would be impossible? For Satan to rebel against God, standing in the presence of God, and to get a third of the angels to follow him in his deception. And so he has always questioned God. And so the question is, did God really say that? Is God's word our final authority? I have one quote I want to give you tonight that's going to sum up the message. When you abandon the absolute authority of God's word, anything goes. Okay, I'm going to say that again. When you abandon the authority of God's word, anything goes. I'll just give you a very simple illustration tonight, or a simple example. We've been talking about marriage Talk about sexual orientation. I'm not going to take a long time on this. When we get away from God's authority over what a married couple is and what marriage is, anything goes. How many letters do we have now? How many letters do they add letters every day in sexual orientation? Right? That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make. When you abandon God's authority for anything, anything goes. There's the sky's the limit on what can happen because if you don't stop here, you won't stop there. If you don't stop there, you won't stop further down the road. Where do you stop? Once you get out of God's authority, you're on your own. God said this is how it is. God says this is the plan I have. If you stay in it, you're blessed. If you get out of it, you're on your own. And that's what Satan wants us to do. He wants us to get out of the covering and the covenant we talked about on Sunday of being in his, inside of his word. Now watch this. I'll show you in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Watch these verses. But I fear. Paul is talking to the church. And he's, he's fearful because he says, lest somehow, going all the way back to the beginning, 
as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Leave that up for one second. I want to read that again. He's, he's worried. Today we should be worried about the church getting away from the simplicity. You know what the simplicity is? Just take God's word as it is. You don't say it's antiquated. You don't say that was for then. This is a different generation. This is a different time. Whenever you start doing those things, you're in trouble. Just simply take the Bible for as it is. In, in other words, we believe Jonah was eaten or swallowed by a whale. Period. We don't, well, and science, and could that have happened? See, that's questioning God. If he says that Jonah was swallowed by a whale, then... That's what happened. If he says that David defeated a nine and a half foot giant, then that's what happened. If he said that, that Israel will prevail, then that's what happens. Okay? We just take his, you have to learn to take his word as it is. So he says, I'm worried that, that you're going to start to listen to this spirit of craftiness and your minds might be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. And in verse 4, watch this. For if he comes, he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. This goes along the way, by the way, of anybody who ever hears me quote Galatians 1, 8, and 9 as the verse that you can use to unrest and unsettle and destroy the foundation of any religion in the world. That's not Bible. I could name all the denominations, name all the religions. Th that verse, he says, if we come in, if, if even an angel preaches any other gospel than the one we've preached, let him be accursed. And then he says it twice. Okay? That's what he says to the Galatians. And then he says here, if, if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you, he says, you might put up with it. And I think that that's what we're seeing today in the church world, is we're seeing people put up with whatever's being preached, whatever's being spoken from the pulpit and the churches around the world. People aren't even lining it up with the Word of God. Amen? How many know I could just get up here and, and, and start to throw stuff out and say stuff and say scriptures and we didn't have it up there? I could just twist it and I could manipulate it and you'd just be saying amen all day long and, and you wouldn't even know if it's the truth or not because we're biblically illiterate and we don't read our Bibles. It's the truth, right? We're the most biblically illiterate generation ever. That's the problem. We've got to read the Word. We've got to know the Word. So how many understand that Satan is coming after the simplicity of the gospel. He's coming after the truth, and I'm going to show you right here in the scriptures how he does it and why we have to be careful. So let's look at Genesis 2. Let's go back to the parts of the scripture we read on Sunday morning and watch this. I want to show you what happens. Let's look at what God said. Okay, so here's the, here's the understanding of the message. God says, and then we question. Y'all following me on that? God says, we question. If we question, we open up the opportunity for very crafty 
Satan, not to, it's not to give him glory, it's to understand he's been around since before time began in the, in the heavens. He knows what he's doing. How many know you have to respect that enemy? We don't have to fear him. He's defeated by the blood of Jesus, but you better respect him because he's made many, many, many people fall. And not just, he, now we're not talking about people who weren't saved because they're already fallen. He's made many people who've come to know the truth fall by different gospels and different doctrines. And so this isn't to scare you. This is to get you to understand, i got to stick with the word. Now watch what he says. Remember, this is what he says to Adam and Eve, especially uh, to, to both of them together. He says, watch, the Lord God. Now, how many remember Sunday morning, and maybe you did your homework, and I told you, in chapter 2, it went from God to Lord God. Okay, I know many of you were paying attention to that, and now you're seeing it. L-O-R-D capital, God. The key to salvation is God being your Lord, not just God. Because the Bible says that even the demons believe in God. So it's not enough to say, I believe in God. God has to be Lord. And so he puts this in here in the scriptures, and he says, and the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, God, commanded I want to show you some key words here. Commanded the man, saying of every tree of the garden, you may, and there's that word, free will, freely eat. Right? And, but, sorry, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. That's not a question of interpretation. It's don't eat it. Period. It's everything you want, but that don't touch, period. Not opened into if you feel like it, if it seems good to you. You know, there's different times in the Bible you'll see where if it seems good to you, it's, that's not the, it says don't eat it, okay? And he says, for if you do eat it, what will happen? Will you surely die or will you might die or possibly could die? Surely, Okay? Now, for, for this is important. I'm going to read it all one more time again. I want you to look at this again. See who catches what here. Go back to this verse 16 again. And the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, God, commanded, okay, didn't ask, commanded, and said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Okay, how many feel like you've got a good understanding of what that, those verses are saying? Okay, I'm hitting some key words. I'm going to go back over it. Don't worry. Now, that's the word of God. That's what he says to do. That's where he gives us 613 laws in Moses. That's where he tells us to the Ten Commandments. That's where he says do right and obey and all the things we know we're supposed to do. We learn the word. We learn the word. We're, we, we get convicted of our sin. We repent of our sin. We're doing all these things. But Satan comes along, comes in at a different angle, attacks the roles, flips the roles around, doesn't go to the man, goes to the woman, and says this question. Let's look at chapter 3. Actually, I don't, I don't have this part. Take that. Take one second. The question was, actually I didn't put this in the notes. Remember when, it's, when Adam or Satan came to her and said, did God say? 
Remember that? He questioned, did God say that? So there's the thing. Now, our answer and our 100% victorious life has to do with how we answer that. In the question, there's a temptation. Someone's going to catch this. The, the light bulb's going to come on. When you want to do wrong, you can find someone to do wrong with you. It's, you, you, you go to one, oh, no, I think that's bad. Okay, talk to you later. And you go to the next one, you'll eventually find someone who will sin with you. All, the, all you got to have and all our flesh is looking for is a question. Is that what he really said? I mean, did he really mean that? Y'all following me? So Satan comes in, goes to the woman, usurps the authority, in other words, undermines the authority of God and says, did God really say that? What, basically, what did God really say? So watch what happens. Because of the spirit of deception, now let's look at chapter 3, verse 2. And the woman answers. We, watch, it, watch and see if this looks any different to, to you. We may eat of the fruit of, does, does may and command look different? We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, what's missing there? Lord God has said, you shall not eat it, and watch this, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Lest means possibly the, op the possibility of dying, not you shall die. So she changes the vocabulary in her answer. She should have quoted what God said. But if you know the scripture we just read, she did not quote it. She changed it. Isn't it interesting how those little tiny things, uh, that's all Satan's looking for is just that little bit. How many know when you, when you rat poison, they don't put a ton of poison in there. They put just enough poison to kill, but you can't taste it. That's why it's so important to be a Bible-believing church that studies the Word of God and studies to show ourselves approved. Okay? Now, if you miss these things, I'm going to show them to you. So she, she replies and shows in her reply that she kind of liked the question. Did God really say that? You know, that happens in families. Mom or dad, I won't pick the side, says to the kid, you can't go out there, you can't do whatever the rule is. What does the kid do? Goes to the other parent. Right? And they bring the story, and usually it's not the same story. And what the other parent should say is, what did your father or mother say? And then if they tell the truth, then you say, that's what you're supposed to do. That's good parenting. We don't, you know, switch it on each other, okay? But how many are seeing the humanity and how we are? Our flesh wants to do that. So Eve is enticed by the fact that maybe there's a, a clause here. Maybe, if, maybe it's not so bad of what God said and and so her flesh is enticed. In church, this is what God wanted. God wanted to see where our hearts were.
God wanted to see what the reaction would be. God wanted to sim. Do you realize that life could be so different today if Adam and Eve would have just said, God said, exactly like God said, or even said to the serpent, why are you even here? Get out. That's what we need to do more often is don't entertain the devil. Don't give him a place in your house. Come sit down and talk for a while. Here's some tea. Amen? Tell him get lost. Why are you even asking? Why are you entertaining the question? Because once you entertain the question, he sees a hole. And that's what he's looking for, these Christians that don't take God's word as the final authority. Okay, so let me just show you. Number one, she failed to say that God had commanded them to obey. Okay? Go ahead and put that verse back up just so people can see it in chapter 3. Just so people can see as I'm going this. Okay? Go to the next verse. So it says, Of the fruit of which is in the tree in the midst of the garden, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Go back to 2 again. Please. And the woman said, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of garden. We may eat of the fruit of the tree of garden. It's very difficult, different than I command you not to eat that. Okay, so she's changing the words. Number two, she totally removes the word freely. It's gone. Totally gone. Out of the equation. Number three, she adds, nor shall you touch it. She's like, it sounds, it sounds a little better if I say, nor shall you touch it. Nowhere in God's word of two did it say, don't touch it. But she adds that. Does anybody know what that sounds like, what I'm saying? Lying, but all throughout the Bible you see different scriptures, especially in Revelation 22. If you add to this book or take away from this book, you'll, you'll have the plagues added unto you or you'll have your name taken out of the book of life. Church, we got to understand that God's, God's word is not a what do, you, what do you think about it. It's an authority. And this is why Christians are not walking victorious because we like to make gray areas about things. Instead of saying, this is what God's word says. Amen? And finally, the next one is, I mentioned the Lord God part. As you see there, go back to two, or go to three. Is it? Yeah. God has said, she's not recognizing God is Lord. It said the Lord God. See, that's the difference. Those that are victorious, just stay with me on this. Those that are victorious, Jesus is Lord. He's not someone you have on the shelf or not someone you call on when you need him. He's not a genie that you go rub the bottle. He's master. He's Lord. He's everything. He's number one. He's, he's your purpose for living, your reason for getting up, your reason for going to bed. He's everything. And he's got the keys to your house, not a room. He's Lord. He's master. He's everything. But she, all of a sudden, because of the attack of the enemy, still sounded godly. A lot of people sound godly. What does Philippians say? They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. That's the church today. A lot of people have a form of godliness. Well, it's kind of like this. And, and some people can't even tell what God has done for them. How I many know if you've been changed by Jesus, 
You know when he changed you. You know how he changed you. You know what he saved you from, what he set you free from. Amen. You've got a testimony that you're going to tell someone else what Jesus did in your life. Something happened. Like that song, something happened, and now I know he touched me, and he made me whole. Amen? Y'all following with me? So is he Lord or not? Because if he's Lord, you don't question his word. I think of that one story. It's not in my notes, but I'm thinking about now, about the centurion servant who's got a sick person in his house. He says, I need you to pray for my servant. And Jesus says, where does he live? He says, you don't even have to go. I understand authority. If you'll just speak the word, he says, I'm a man of authority, and I understand I have people under me. I tell them to go, they go. I say, stay, stay. I say, come, come. And I understand authority. So he understood the authority of the word. When a Christian believer understands that God is Lord and understands that his word is authority, there's a power there. Amen? And not only is there a power there, there's a power there that Satan will be afraid to come after. Why? Because he can go pick on somebody easier. How many want to live your life in a way that you have an authority in your life because you know who Jesus is and you know what his word says? And Satan looks at you and says, I'm going a different direction because this is going to be painful. Amen? How many want to live that way? We all should. That he's, he's like, there's easier fruit to pick. I, can, I, I don't need to get beat up in this because I'm going to get cast out if I go that way. Because we understand authority. That's a whole other message, but this is very important. Adam and Eve had been given authority. And Satan came and questioned it. And as soon as it was questioned, it opened the door. Okay, so... Lord's not there. And the last thing I want you to understand is, is she says, lest you die. So she makes death a possibility. And he said, you shall surely die. This is, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to stay here for a long time, but this is another message as well that doesn't get preached enough. The fear of God. Fear of God. We need fear of God in our lives that says, God said, if, if, if I go eat that tree, I'll die. Not I might die. There's a big difference because that leaves an opening for the fact that I might not. we got to understand, if God says there's a hell, there's a hell. If he says there's a heaven, there's a heaven. If he says there's an eternity, there's an eternity. If he says he's the way, the truth, and the life, he's the way, the truth, and the life. See, all these things that we, we hear him say, we question a lot of times because of that spirit of deceitfulness. That has been around since the beginning in the garden. Did God really say that? Y'all see it? Now, to close, Eve doubted God's goodness and his truthfulness. Here's the truth. God's word, and I can give you about 20 scriptures, doesn't change. Heaven and earth shall pass away, though my words will never pass away. God's word doesn't change. So tell that to the person next to you and mean it. God's word doesn't change. So here's how you take God's word. Two ways. Amen or ouch. That's it. Right? Amen. That means so be it or ouch. Or 
woe is me. That's it. We don't, we don't get to pick in between. And, and that's the problem we do a lot of times. God's like, I just need somebody. I just need somebody to take me at my word. The more you take God at his word. Now, this is, this is something we all have to work on. The more you take God at his word, the more victorious you are. Stronger, you get stronger, you get stronger. You say no matter what the circumstances are. Like Jesse was saying about his niece, or sorry, his nephew, and being in that hospital, and that little boy in his third heart surgery. We don't, we don't focus on what the doctors say. We focus on what God's word says. And his word says he sent his word, and he'll heal our disease. And we don't need to question anything. We just need to speak his word. Well, pastor, what if he dies? Pastor, what if he doesn't get healed? Pastor, why, don't live in the what ifs. God never said that. He said, speak my word. And how many want to go to heaven speaking his word no matter what, no matter what the ter- circumstance or the turnout is in every situation? God looks at you and says, there's a man, there's a woman that will take me at my word. No matter what it looks like, they're just going to simply say God's word says. If God says he can heal, he can heal. If God says he can deliver, he can deliver. If God says he can set free, he can set free. Who are we to say who isn't and is able to be free? Just speak the word. That's the people God's looking for. The overcomers are those people. Now, Matthew 4, let's look at what Jesus did. Our perfect example. We know these scriptures, but we don't focus on them enough. Satan comes and does the same thing to to Jesus. Now, put that down just for one second, because this is important, very important. If Satan is not afraid to tempt Jesus, who do we think we are that he won't come at us? Pastor, you just said a minute ago that he'll, yeah, he didn't go to Jesus twice. Did he? He didn't go back. He tempted him one time. And then he tried to come back in a last time before Jesus went to the cross because he knew he was about to lose. And he was in that Garden of Gethsemane. And for a second, he made Jesus get carnal for just a second and say, man, can we do this a different way for just a second? But he only tempted him one time, that one time in the garden, because, or sorry, in the, in the desert. And then he knew he had to go after his guys. Okay, but Jesus became all things for us, so he was tempted for us. Okay, so we got to understand if he went after Jesus, there's nobody he won't go after, but we can be ready for him to come because the word's given us a warning. That's what the Bible's for. It's basic instructions before leaving earth. It's our, it's our manual. It gives us warning. So it says now here in chapter 4, verse 1, watch this. We're going to push through this fast. It says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, watch this, he said, if, if, he questions the authority of God. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. If. And he answers, well, He doesn't change. You know what he does? He quotes scripture. Now some would say, well, he had a whole bunch of scripture to quote. 
Eve had it easier. She only had to quote one scripture. Amen? You ever think about that? We got to quote the whole Bible. She had one scripture, and she changed it. He said, it is written. Church, we got to get that in our vocabulary. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He responds to Satan with the word. He doesn't change it. He quotes it. Then the devil took him up to a holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said, since you're the son of God, is that what he said? If, questions again. You're the son of God. Throw yourself down. For it is written. Now Satan goes, oh, I can quote scripture too. Okay, we're going to do the quoting scripture thing. I know the scripture. It is written. He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up. Lest you dash your foot against a stone. So he's quoting the scriptures, but he's tempting. So he's changing it. Jesus says, it is written again. You shall not tempt the Lord, your God. And finally, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said, all these things I will give to you, what? If you fall down and worship me. And Jesus says, away with you, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. This is what we do when Satan questions God's word. We answer it with God's word. Amen? But how many know we got to learn the word to be able to answer with it? Praise the Lord. How many got something tonight? As the musicians are coming, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And listen to this one verse I want to read as you're closing your eyes. Luke eleven twenty eight. Blessed. I don't think I need anybody in here. I don't even have to ask how many want to be blessed. Everybody wants to be blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. In other words, don't change it. Don't manipulate it. Don't question it. Don't question its authority. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit that's in this place tonight. Lord, we are a church that wants to be victorious. We are a church that wants to walk in power. We're a church that wants to have a witness. We're a church that wants to see miracles and signs and wonders. But Lord, there's an enemy that wants to come and undermine the authority of God in our lives. And Lord, the only way we can have the authority of God in our lives is understanding that your word is that authority. And Lord, when Satan, the Bible says, when Satan comes in like a flood, you will lift up a standard against it. And Father God, we know, like Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Father, help us to have a hunger for your word. Help us to understand, Lord God, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light 
unto my path. Lord, tonight as heads are bowed and eyes are closed and those that are watching on the live stream, listening on the podcast, Lord, there are people tonight that are questioning your word and I hope and pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that tonight they have had an understanding that the devil has come in to confuse them and deceive them. And with his crafty cunningness, as he did with Eve, he gets us to question God's authority. Did God really say that? Can God really heal my child? Can God really give me breakthrough in my finances? Can God really heal my marriage? Can God really use me? Whatever it is that the devil is questioning you on tonight, answer the question with the word of God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not below. I will lend and not borrow. I'll be blessed coming in and I'll be blessed going out. Learn the word of God. Learn how to use the word of God. It's a weapon. The Bible says the the word of God is a sword. Use that sword against the enemy. Tonight, many of you might be here and you would love to be victorious. You would love to have that fruit in your life. But tonight you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're not saved. You're not born again. You haven't surrendered. I'm not asking if you believe. That's good, but that's not enough. Is Jesus Lord? I can't answer that for you. Your spouse can't answer that for you. It's something you have to be responsible for, for yourself, whether you're a kid, a teenager, an older person. It doesn't matter who you are. You're responsible for your soul. Tonight, the Bible says Jesus is knocking on that door of your heart. And if he's not Lord, he says, let me in. And if you let him in, he'll come in and dine with you. He'll change your life. He'll transform your life. But the first thing you have to do is believe and you have to surrender. How many all across this place, teenagers, young people, older people, people who've been coming a long time, people who've never only been here a few times, are you saved tonight? If you died tonight and breathed that last breath, would you go and stand before God and him say, I know him. I died for him, and he confessed me. She confessed me as Lord and Savior. Enter in, good and faithful servant. If you're not sure tonight, just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me tonight. I see your hand. I want to be sure. I want to be sure tonight. All across this place, I'm going to wait just a moment. You're not saved. And, And when I say that, remember, he's not Lord. He's not Lord tonight. He wants to be Lord. We're going to give those watching online in just a moment the chance to give Jesus your life as well. We're going to pray with you. But maybe you're here tonight and you're running from the things of God. You know the truth, but you're backslidden. You're cold. You're lukewarm. You're you're not doing the things you know you're supposed to do. You have been questioning God's authority in your life. And you're in a dangerous place. Would you be honest and say, tonight I need you to pray with me, Pastor. I need to get back on track. Just put your hand up. I see your hand. Amen. How many more? I see your hand. Let's stand all across this place. I see your hand. God bless you. 
Amen. That's what the altar's for, church. Amen. That's what the altar's for. Just to come and talk to God and say, Lord, I'm going I'm to get these things back in line. How many tonight as, as we go to open these altars up and say the sinner's prayer in a moment on, online with those watching, how many can admit tonight that the devil questions God's word in our lives? All the time. All the time. Not, not just exactly what it says, but your, your circumstance and your situation. As I was praying there, I, I thought about all the circumstances, all the situations. Can God fix my marriage? Can God save my marriage? Can God fix my finances? Can God save my lost one? That question comes. Do you think that question comes from God or the devil? It's not from God. God says, if you believe on the Lord, you and your house shall be saved. God says in his word that he sent his word to heal our diseases. All we have to do is pray, lay our hands on the sick, and they'll recover. God's word says we can trample on serpents and scorpions. If we touch anything deadly, it won't hurt us. What are we believing tonight? Whose report will you believe? But he questions it all the time, and we have to be able to come back with the answer. God's word says. Amen. I'm going to open up these altars. Just begin to come. Just come. It's Wednesday night. I'd love to see all of you up here. Amen. We all need the altar tonight. Let's go, just come close. As you come first, just come close. We're going to pray. We're going to give an opportunity for salvation. Amen. Come on. I'm if you've never come to the altar, I promise you, you won't die down here. I promise. It's a safe place. It's a powerful place. Let's say this prayer. Someone might be watching online right now that needs Jesus. They might have found our channel or shared, someone shared it or they're scrolling and something caught them and they may be suicidal right now. They may be going through a marriage problem. They may think there's no hope. How many know if we did this service tonight for one person online, it'd be worth it all? Amen. So that person might be watching. They might be listening on the podcast. We're going to give an opportunity for them to say this prayer with us. If you're here and you haven't made him Lord, make him Lord tonight. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I know you died on the cross for all of my sins. I admit that I'm a sinner, and I fall short of your glory. Jesus, change me tonight. I put my faith in you. And what you did on that cross... And not only dying on the cross for all my sins, but defeating death and coming out of that grave. I believe you took my place. Please forgive me. Please wash me clean from all of my sins, all my mistakes, all my rebellion. Tonight, Jesus, I surrender lordship of my life to you. Lord Jesus, Lord God, take control. Have your way. Make me a new creation and write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com. Thanks again for listening.